Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, we've got Nathan. Hello. So, Van. How are we? That's why I just asked you. I'm good. Excellent. I'm also good in French as well, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> Adam, how are you? English. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Buno Stentes, they said on the fashion. Uh, uh, this week we're going to be talking about the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, transfer deadline day, uh, news, leagues and the Premier League. So we're going to start on Monday night with the FA Cup. Uh, Derby nil, West Ham 2, Antonio, uh, Mark An- Jared Bowen, sorry, and then Mikhail um, Antonio. Ex-Forest, um, I'm sure uh, would... Would be marvellous. That sorry, my my Siri is. No, my my Siri has started talking to me. Yeah, it's repeating the words I'm saying. I'm not sure we um I'm not sure if we are like under copyright infringement if we have Siri post the podcast. Oh well, I've got myself an Apple Watch. You may have heard of them. Yeah, you got one as well. Yeah, of course we have. You just made fun of my air fryer. You think I haven't got an Apple Watch? <laughs> They've not made the way up north just yet, lads. So thanks, thanks for letting me know what's coming. What watches? Their watches are these things you used to tell the time on your wrist. Wow, mind blown. You don't. You yeah. have to look at the sundial and hope that it's not a cloudy day. Wait till I stroll into the mill wearing one of them. Yeah. <laughs> They'll stone you for being a heathen. Uh, yeah. So um, Jared Bowen and Mikel Antonio, ex Nottingham Forest, uh, scored for West Ham. Um, West Ham now go to Manchester United. Uh, next week, there will be the final replays. Um, it feels like a game that I no think... one probably really wanted to win. What was in it for them? Not really. <laughs> Yay, uh, the, Manchester United. I mean, the stadium wasn't even full. So, this is a League One side playing a Premier League team. Surely Derby would have uh, liked, the, liked the money for that, surely. Well, yeah, you'd have thought. Did anyone hear um, Football Weekly this week when they talked about the fact that Manchester United have got an away a home tie um, for the gazillionth time? Apparently, you can get better odds on Micah Richards being the next Everton manager than you would have done on this. I mean, to be fair, I reckon I've got decent odds for getting the next next job at Everton. To be fair. It's just 50 50, though, surely each time. I know that I understand how probability works. There is like a yeah. like, like an unwritten sort of like rule that United get drawn at home in every round. It's like a it's a massive thing that, that people have noticed that United always get drawn at home and it's always against someone who they're going to walk all over. <laughs> says, 
says the Rigged. says the conspiracy theories from the guy up north <laughs> who who thought it. Um, and they were always on TV as well, wasn't there? Were like a, a there was like a running thing about how long their FA Cup games had always been on TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no one cares anymore. <clears throat> No, because they're all about the Carabao Cup now, aren't they? Um, so that's Tuesday. Yeah, segue. Uh, so that's Newcastle 2, Southampton 1, two goals for Sean Longstaff. Um, and uh goal there for, for Che Adams bringing one back as well. Um, his first goal, Nick Pope has conceded in 10 games. Uh, it's the first cup final since 1999 for Newcastle. Uh, chance to win their first trophy since 1969. Um but Bruno Gamers got a red card, so he's suspended for this. But it's a not for the Franks to Riches story. No, no, no. Sorry for the next three games. Sorry, this is a Rags to Riches story for Newcastle. It is, yeah. Um, Plucky underdog. Yeah. Uh, are we cheering for the murdering beheaders or for Manchester United? It's like asking which way you want to be killed, isn't it? <laughs> we just want football to be the winner, Chris. Oh, what an answer. Will football be the winner? Yeah, football will be the winner. Okay. Did anyone see this? No. Um, the Carabao Cup is one of them tournaments, isn't it, where unless your team are in it, is anyone bothered? It's almost up there with a the charity shield, isn't it? I would argue that you don't care about it when your team's in it. Unless you win it, if yeah. you win it, it's the most important trophy of the season. But until last year, um, I even then had an attitude of it wasn't worth it because Man City were just going to win it anyway because they won it like five years in a row. Yeah, true. Pepsi take so, it really seriously. Why, why, why bother? <laughs> even even if we miss, even if you avoid Man City and get all the way to the final, you know who's going to be there. You're going to lose. And you've just wasted time playing like seven unnecessary games. See, football's won already by Man City not being there. This is true. Um, Wednesday night was Manchester United 2, Nottingham Forest 0. Uh, Martial and Fred. Um, Martial, the sixth goal of the season. Uh, Jaden Sancho is back after October with an injury. Um, at 0-0, Forest had a bit of hope as an Emmanuel Dennis shot headed towards the goal uh, until it hit teammate Sam Surridge. So you're saying and then that went. the highlight for Nottingham Forest was when they were already 3-0 down on aggregate. There was a goal that was on, a shot that was on target, but it was blocked by a teammate. That was as, exactly. that was as good as hope got <laughs> yep. for Forest in that game. Okay. Um, um, the assist gone. I would just say that I, I, I can't talk about the games because they're in the Carabao Cup, so I didn't watch them. Um, but I think that it's it could, it's going to be an important final for both te- well for both teams and they'll I think they'll really want to see see them they'll both be trying to win it I think that as as they've just said about um, about Pep and I think also demonstrated by um, Mourinho when especially when he first came to to England so it's sort of like there's a lot to be said for sort of like a winning mentality and learning how to win and winning a trophy. They, they both of those managers um, put a lot of importance on on winning that trophy and sort of setting a standard. And this will be a be a a big achievement, even if it's not 
seen it from the outside football world it, for either manager if they go on to win it. I think they'll both. I think so. I think the final will be exciting and interesting, and I will probably pay attention and watch it. I, I, okay. I, I, I agree with that. I think I think that um, it 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 really feels like this could be the start of something for both clubs, <clears throat> like a really successful era for both of them. Like you said, Pep came in and it was one of the first things that he won, and obviously Man City went on a unbelievable run of trophies and, and look where they are now. And without wanting to bring money into it too much, you look at sort of Newcastle and the kind of backing that they've got. And, you can sort of see similarities between the two teams where Newcastle and the, and the early Chelsea team. Yeah, and, and the early Chelsea team as well. Yeah, you know, they've signed a couple of, of, of names and you just know that one trophy, that winning mentality, with the money, it'll be like, right, let's push on, let's now go and get those bigger names. And we you know, we might see Newcastle do something that, that Man City have done and really start challenging season on season. I just want to talk about the um pass from Bruno Fernandes uh, in the build-up to the Fred goal. It was a Traveller, which after the game, he said he learnt from watching that Ricardo Quaresma. The greatest footballer ever. And that, at that point, you had to go change your, your underwear. I did. Yeah. Awkward. It's in the post heading your way. <laughs> <laughs> I regret... I regret... Asking for having... it. <laughs> no, I never regret that. <laughs> what I do regret is letting, letting giving you my address. That was my biggest mistake. <laughs> uh, transfer deadline day then. So that happened this week. January transfer window closed. So Manchester United got Marcel Sabitzer on loan uh, as Christian Eriksen's injured. Uh, Nottingham Forest got Felipe, John Joe Shelby, uh, Kayla Navas, and Andre Ayew, their 30th signing of the season after he rejected Everton. Uh, Jorginho went to Arsenal and, for £12 and, million. Pounds. Along with 14 other players, supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry Seater went to Leicester for £20 million. Quid. Um, Enzo Fernandez, of course, to Chelsea for a club, uh, for a club and I think, Premier League record. Uh, Jao Cancelo went to Bayern Munich. Um, he has played more minutes than any other City outfield player this season, but they were happy to send him out on loan, which I, I imagine there's a bit of a narrative there behind it. Um, well, Pe- guys, what do you Pe- oh. Pep is famous for not wanting uh, disgruntled people anywhere near his squad. So yeah. you're either happy and you're in and you're part of it, and or you're out and you're gone. And I mean, if you look at sort of how he treated um, or acted with Leroy Sané, who was like one of the hottest young young talents in in world football, but was unhappy at his sort of what he considered to be limited playing opportunities, sold him, just gone. Like, you looked at that and thought, he's, Sané is absolutely one of the biggest talents. He's tw- probably, he was probably like 21 at the time, gone. And apparently similar issues with Cancelo post-World Cup. It's sort of like unhappy about being left out of a couple of squads. I think he's played very little since the World Cup, um, which is interesting con- when you compare it with the stat that you just gave about how many minutes he must have played beforehand. But, yeah, gone. Well, yeah. Whether, uh, I did see something saying that it's not considered to be like a, a a done deal that he's gone to Bayern, like, permanently. 
It's a loan, isn't it? It is a loan with an option to buy, I think, which was, I thought I, I saw it being like somewhere in the region of 61 to 62 million pounds. Um, okay. But there have been some reports that maybe he can get it out of his system and come back and be like, and there's maybe there's a path to reconciliation between him and Pep. Okay. Um, how do you both feel your final day and uh, transfer window went? So I'll come to you first, Nathan, because you've got Jorginho. Are you feeling quite met about that? Or is the fact you've got him, you're just trying to get an experienced player to get over the line with winning the Premier League title and he will help you do that? Um, when, when I first saw it, I, I, that was very much my reaction. I was like, no, okay, this Jorginho, he's not really been playing. But then when you think about it, we've just paid 12 million quid for a guy that's won the Euros and the Champions League in his last couple of seasons. as absolute daylight robbery. Whether he, whether he performed well or not, someone with that sort of pedigree should be worth, for me, at least Birmingham of 20, 25 million. So to pay 12 for someone with that experience is outrageous. I don't so, know how long he had left on his contract. Was it his... Six months. I yeah, think. six months on his contract as well, yeah. But still, I, still, I think, I think I, I it's think, a deal. I think that's a good price. And I think that there's a... So, slight sidetrack... I was at the gym the other day with my little brother and we were talking about the title race in broader strokes and sort of like um, Arsenal and Man City and the running and sort of what what we expected and how it was going to go. And again, linking back to the earlier point around the Carabao Cup, there's a lot to be said for Arsenal having a, getting a little bit of grit and experience on how to, to win. Like you said, Jorginho yeah. is a winner. He's got trophies in the cabinet. He He's a player who you don't need to be worried about sort of um, shrinking on the big stage or in the tough games in the running who can add a bit of, of know-how to a very young, inexperienced Arsenal squad who could very easily feel and crack under the pressure if, if City get, start to get close and run them tight. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think first and foremost we needed cover for uh, for Thomas Partey because El Nenes obviously disintegrated his knee and uh, Lukonga's got on warm but wasn't really he wasn't up to the standard. He's, he's a good player and I wouldn't expect him to be up to the standard of Partey but like he always felt like the weak link when he came in. Yeah, but, but I, one of my Arsenal supporting friends, I've not I don't know if I've ever seen Luke. Player. I can't think he stood out to me, but I think that maybe there were some expectations initially that internally in Arsenal that he would maybe have progressed a little bit further on than he had now, and they wouldn't have to be bringing in Jorginho because he would be the cover. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, um, but I think uh, in terms of cover, I think Jorginho was perfect. Like uh, experience, you look at the last few players that we brought in in terms of like Jesus Zinchenko. And now Jorginho, Arteta's clearly like, I've got my nucleus and I need to bring that winning, winning mentality in. I need players who've been there and done it. And Jorginho fits the build perfectly. And like you said, with regards to the running, last season, just look at last season. That's why we spent in January. Last season, we didn't buy anyone and we crumbled really badly at the end of the season. Pressure got too much. We got turned over at Tottenham. And it all just fell apart. And this season, Arteta has obviously looked at that, learnt his lesson and gone, we need to get reinforcements in. 
and and he's he's filled every position that we needed someone for cover. So I'm happy with the window. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe a striker. I think I think if if Enketia wasn't playing as well as he was playing, we'd have got a striker. Don't get me wrong; that's still that's still a lot of pressure on Eddie Enketia to keep doing what he's doing. It's about keeping doing what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I suppose, but also look, like the fact that you bring in Trossard kind of allows you to play Martinelli there if needs must. I think that would be the plan. Yeah, I think if anything happened to Enketia right now, Martinelli would probably go up front. Trossard would come in. Um, We've got Smith Rowe coming back as well. Not a striker, but again, he can help in that area. Is um when is Jesus expected back this season? Yep. They reckon three to four weeks. He's been he's oh, now okay. he's now running again. Uh, you don't you don't buy a striker to cover you for a month. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think the fact that Enketi is playing well and the fact that Jesus is recovering as quickly as he is is probably why we didn't sign anyone up for him. I love the way you say Jesus. It's like how you greet a Greek god. I can't uh, understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. I mean, that is his name. It's... Is, it? is it? Yeah. He's Brazilian, isn't he? Oh, sorry. So you have to say it all flamboyantly. Well, just. I, I would just say how his name is. Like, I, I don't think he, he answers when his mum calls him. I don't think his mum shouts Jesus. <laughs> we get complicated every time she stubs her toe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and before you ask me, Chris, I'm obviously very happy with my transfer window. We've signed Gian- Gian- Cancelo. Oh, yes, you have, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> Do you know about this, Nathan? <laughs> I, I, I had heard he yeah, had been pre warned. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, despite in your despite other cl- normally identifying slightly as a, not, I wouldn't go as far as a fan, but uh, <clears throat> someone who's pro Bruce Dortmund, Chris is anointed by Munich. Fans. <laughs> well, they win. Now, they win things, and it's now become one of our running bits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only trying to sort of help have you as good a football experience as possible. They win things. Yeah, no, I know you're doing it for me, and I appreciate it. Yeah, just don't wear that yellow shirt to um fine. to the Alliance. No. No. Yeah. Um these Arsenal fans you're hanging around with and talking about the football with, are these the same people you got the XG WhatsApp chat with? Yeah, some of them. Are they? <laughs> Marvellous. And the same and the same people I go to the cl- go to the pub and play cards with who you make fun of as well. Oh, <laughs> um what do we make of Chelsea's Final transfer deadline day with Enzo Fernandez. Good, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of money, but they've bought good young players. Um, you like the word amortization, don't you? Amortization. Yeah, I live for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so explain to us eight and eight and a half year contracts. They're not a sort of Alan Pardew tribute, are they? They're they're a, a real thing. So, um. The, 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 the standard accounting treatment for um, a player transfer is to amortise it over, or as you would with any as- asset. So if you, amortisation, depreciation, they're the same same thing to an extent. Um, so uh, 
because the value in the player is you can't have a you're not allowed to have people on your balance sheet because that would be slavery you can't own them but <laughs> but the contract is and the registration is the value so you have the contract as an asset on your balance sheet which is the thing you pay for the register essentially when you buy the player you're paying for their registration and you amortize that over the life of the contract so that means that an eight and a half year contract would be the life that you would amortize the transfer fee over meaning that the accounting hit would be i can't do eight and a half i can't do a hundred and whatever divided by eight and a, this is what i have excel for um some accountant you are but i've got excel mate <laughs> i mean it'll be about 15 million pounds a year um a hit to the to the profit and loss but um as was shared in our whatsapp group the other day it seems that that uh UEFA was it UEFA or I think UEFA have got smart to this this rule that I think has been particularly exploited by Chelsea with these long contracts um, and I think they're going to impose a uh, um, amortization amortization adjustment cap for FFP. That's, That's okay. I just need you to explain it for Nathan. That's all. Yeah, yeah. My you, un- you already understood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're talking about spreadsheets, and I'm thinking I'll get the abacus out later. <laughs> um, so Chelsea assigned eight players. They can't register all of them for the Champions League. I think Abamyang's been left out of either the Champions League or Premier League squad. I think the Champions um, League squad. It was Abamyang was left out, and then someone else. But I didn't even know who the other person was. <laughs> shows how out of depth I might be. Sure, he plays. Graham Pot- Graham Potter's got some man management to do, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think that Chelsea might want to be better at offloading players. Right, where'd they get yeah. their, where'd they get their fax machine from? Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ziek, yes. Yeah. Poor lad. Um. Yeah. Well. well All I'm going to say about the Enzo transfer is. Andrea Shervin had a great Euros and was signed off the back of it. <laughs> we signed El Juff on the back of a World Cup as well. There you go. Andrea Shervin had a had some a good period of time at Arsenal. I don't think that's a great example. Right, so we'll, we'll, we'll give Enzo six months out of the four years that we added or whatever it was. Um, he scored four goals against Liverpool. And, and genuinely, that was the only good thing he did, apart from when he started riding a horse bareback back through Russia. Um, I mean, yeah, it feels to me like Enzo Fernandez has kind of come out of nowhere. Like, mm. wasn't particularly familiar with him before he played for before the World Cup. I was going to say, hands up who knew him before the World Cup. <clears throat> River Plate did because they get forty-one million pounds of this transfer fee, don't they? Yeah, I suppose if you've got it, he's one of those people. If you've got him in your team and you know about him, it's like on Football Manager. It's like, oh, I've just signed this wonder kid. He's going to be brilliant, and he pops up in real life, and you go, he's going to cost hundred million, and your mate who sits next to you, who's still using teletext up in the north, he's like, well, I don't know who he is. I'm like, yeah, he'll go for hundred million. It's exactly what Ruger played like, can't they? Or anyone who's got a commodity. When I was at uni, I'd have known who who he was because there's a lot more Football Manager going on in my life. You had less to do because you actually have to go to work. Yeah, or, or even go to uni. I didn't. <laughs> if they're going to put lectures at the AM, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not turning up. No wonder you can't divide a hundred by eight. 
Uh, okay, so um, you're showing us a certificate. What's that swimming? It's my degree certificate. Oh, is it? You've got a frame next to you. Yeah. Why? My accountant's certificate. Why? Why? What else would you do with them? Just file them away. Yeah, but I'm. Right, why can't they be in front? I'm in my office. Are you, Are you expecting to go on the local news and you're going to pin them on the wall behind you? Yeah, I'm in my office. <laughs> okay. Okay. I haven't got anything like that. I've still got my World Cup wall chart up, actually. So, yeah, you're weirder than I am. That's true. No, I don't know. I have bought two Transformers this week. <laughs> They're on my work desk. Um, Jürgen Klopp's not happy with the Anzo transfer, is he? Of course he isn't, yeah. Liverpool never spend loads of money on anyone, ever. Those new days, Yeah, they've not got a really expensive... They've not got a really expensive Uruguayan who they bought from Portugal. <laughs> from the same team? Um, <laughs> is he upset because he picked uh, okay. the wrong player? Uh, yeah, I think so, probably. Uh, let's go and talk about leagues around Europe, then. So... In Spain, Barcelona top on 50 points, Real Madrid 45, Real Sociedad 39, Atleti on 34. Um, Barcelona played midweek. They uh, beat Betis 2-1 away and Real Madrid also beat uh, Valencia 2-0. I watched that game. Okay. Uh, did you? What did you think? It was, it was on ITV, weren't it? I forgot that they got yes. some of the league games. Um, yeah. It was good. The, the goals were fantastic. Asensio's goal was uh, a, a beauty. Absolutely powered it from outside the box. And then uh, just purely nostalgic for me was seeing Gabriel Polista try and break someone's ankles and getting sent off. That brought lots of memories back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was watching Copper Italia, so I missed that, unfortunately. Um, so this weekend, Barcelona play Sevilla, Atleti play Getafe, Real Sociedad play Valladolid, uh, and Mallorca play Real Madrid. Uh, in Italy, Napoli top on 53 points, into 40, and then Lazio and Atalanta on 38. Uh, Suspects, you play Napoli, Sassuolo play Atalanta, Hellas Verona play Lazio, and Sunday night, it's the Milan derby, uh, into play Lazio. Um, Milan have got two points out of their last 12 available and lost 5-2 this weekend. So they're on a, a, a downturn and lots... Ouch. Lots of people, I think, sort of talking about all sorts of structural reasons, or do you blame the manager, or Divokarigi? All sorts of things. <laughs> Can't be his. Not his fault. It's really good. Um, for this world. <laughs> exactly. He is. Yeah. Uh, in Germany, Adam Bayern top on thirty-seven points. Then it's Union on thirty-six, Leipzig thirty-five, Dortmund thirty-four. So this weekend, Wolfsburg play uh, Bayern. Uh, Cologne play Leipzig, Dortmund play Freiburg, Union play Mainz. Uh, in France, PSG top on 56, then Marseille 46, Lons 45. Um, Montpellier played PSG this week and they um, PSG won. They beat Montpellier 3-1, but Kylian Mbappe had a game to miss uh, or to, to forget. He missed two penalties and then went off injured. So this weekend, PSG play Toulouse, Marseille play Nice in the South Coast derby. I think there was some shenanigans there last year between the fans and the players. It was Dimitri Payet versus the Nice Ultras, I think, last year. Uh, and then Brest played Lons. Right. Uh, in the African Nations Championship, it's the third, fourth place playoff as uh, Niger play Madagascar. Uh, then it's the final as Algeria play Senegal. Um, 
In the Netherlands, it's Feyenoord versus PSV. That's called De Kraker. Uh, in Croatia, it's the Adriatic Derby. Is Hadjuk play Riker? Uh, in Uruguay, she's not on this week. I was desperate for this. It's the uh, Clásico entre Chero y Los Grandos, which is Chero versus Pedro, which is exactly how she would pronounce it. Uh, and finally, Adam, in Chile, it's Union Española versus Everton. How are they going to get on? Uh, Everton will lose. <laughs> As is their want. Consistent with the brand. <laughs> okay, right. okay, right. News. Uh, sexual Assault Corner is back this weekend, unfortunately. Uh, Mason Greenwood has had his attempted rape and assault charges dropped. Police have said, quote unquote, a combination of the withdrawal of key witnesses and new material uh, was behind the decision. Uh, Greenwood himself says he's, quote unquote, relieved. Did the police say that or the Crown Prosecution Service? Oh, no. The Crown Prosecution Service. Okay. okay. Crown Prosecution Service said that there. Just somebody has to stick up for the police. Something. <laughs> yeah. They've not had. They've not had a good week in the world of football this year. This week. Adam spray paints ACAL on walls. All cops are lovely. <laughs> um. What do we think on this? Look at you pretending you know what that meant and you learnt about it in the same interview that I was in because I didn't know what ACAB meant and now you're pretending to be <laughs> so cool and I'm literally I was at the origin moment of you learning what that meant this is like guerrilla podcasting <laughs> sorry what was the question uh, yeah okay so um I'm just trying to think the best way for words to tackle this. I've been well, thinking about this I, quite a lot. Would, a lot of the words allegedly should be used because anyone, someone who's certainly not been found guilty of anything. No, he's not. Uh, two questions. Should he come back to play? Um, and how likely is it do you think he'll come back to play? Manchester United. Right. I will answer that question the opposite way. Carefully. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's likely that he'll play for Manchester United again. Okay. okay. Um, I don't have an answer to the f- first question because I think that this is a very difficult circle to square. Okay. Or square to circle. Which way does that saying go? Either way, that's not the biggest issue here. Um, square peg, round hole. Yeah. That, that's, that's different, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, Do you want to it's, think? It's, it's tough. Just, it's really tough, isn't it? Because it's, it's tough for all parties. It's he's not been found guilty, but he's not been found innocent. So nothing's really been cleared up. Um, obviously, we, we we don't have the facts, and probably we'll never have the facts. Um, but we've all heard the audio, haven't we? Seen of, the of course, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's from 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 a Manchester United point of view. I, I'd love to know what the legal team is thinking right now in terms of what can they do if he is contracted, but hasn't actually officially been charged with anything. Can they just boot him? I mean, I'm sure they can, and I'm sure that it'd just be a payoff or whatever. But the the actual legality behind. Don't get me wrong. From a moral point of view, I don't think he should be anywhere near a football pitch ever again. But but from a legal standpoint. Because he hasn't been found guilty, because the charges have been dropped, what kind of issues does that leave Manchester United with? I, 
I, I mean, I this also is... Think, sorry, Chris. Um, I also no, think that there's a lot to be said for... Um, and uh, we haven't heard it yet, and we might. We, there's a good chance we never will. But there's a lot to be said from the attitude displayed by Mason Greenwood himself. That I think that if he was to release some sort of statement or do some sort of interview or something in the public form where maybe he says, look, I don't, I, I'm just guessing now, this is not me, there's a slight idea of devil's advocate here before anyone takes this completely out of context, but if he was like, like you said, I've not heard the audio, so I, I am maybe slightly speaking out of line, you two clearly have, but he might say, like, that is just one, everyone's heard the audio, but that's just one side of the story and one piece of the puzzle, and it is just audio and it doesn't fully reflect whatever did or didn't happen and but also shows some contrition so shows some um uh some remorse and some willingness to learn that kind of with anything that's sort of like i am again torn not on this individual issue but on this as a wider issue that's sort of like what does say in society if we're saying that people can't be uh, um, re-educated and um, brought back into the fold of things Again, internally, I also have an argument where I say not everyone has the right to be a professional footballer and play on the huge stage. So, but So I don't have an internal answer to this, never mind one that I'm able to articulate and put out in a public domain mm. with my name alongside it. So it, like, like, like Nath has also said, um, it is incredibly difficult. I'm going to, in a rare move, Chris, throw it back mm-hmm. on you because you get away with this a lot from being able to be the host and ask other people questions. What do you think? Nothing, I'm the host. No, but come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you what, I, I can see a way back for him. A, in the... I'm not asking you to give an, a, give a, a, a nailed on answer either side. The, I, the, I've just put so much uh, uh padding and stuff on my answer. <laughs> answer I haven't actually answered the question I'm just I'm genuinely I I, I, like I said my internal monologue doesn't have an answer I'm happy to hear yeah. Yeah. both you and, and Nath have to say on, on, on the subject because I want to think about it some more I don't think he should be allowed to be play again um, whether he will or not I don't know because this is the same Manchester United that rehired Ronaldo after his allegations against him. And then I'm, I've seen this on Twitter. Lots of people are saying that Eric Tanhog backed Mark Overmars last year after uh, Overmars had to resign for sending messages to a colleague. Um, he said that he backed Overmars to make a quote-unquote romantic return to Ajax. So I can see that the morality isn't as high on United's uh, radar as it should be. I think the one thing that probably will keep him away 
is the fact that um, United aren't struggling for goals at the moment. Rashford and Martial are doing very well. Uh, and they're just getting goals from elsewhere. Fred scored the other day as well. So it's not like they're going through a goal, a goal drought and they've got this excellent player on the sidelines. They're getting by without him at the moment. But I, I don't think he should be... I mean, I think he should be not on a football pitch. So, right, right, I'm just complete devil's advocate. So you're perfectly happy with someone who's been found not guilty of anything, not being allowed to play football ever again. There's a difference between found not guilty and being innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also we live in, like, one of the founding parts of society is that you're innocent until proven guilty. I'll I'll tell you what I wanted to have a look at before I came on the pod, and I didn't. Um... I wanted to have a closer look at the Shed Evans case because that was a bit more, not cut and dry, that's not the right way to put it, but there was a bit more substance behind the fact that he's been able to come back and still have a career. But I can't remember the details, so I don't want to get into it. I don't want to say anything wrong. Shed Evans essentially had his case thrown out, so his conviction was overturned. He wasn't ever... Right, so... he was right. initially found guilty and went to prison. I think he did, yeah. But I that his conviction was definitely overturned, and I maybe Lee Hughes is a better case because he went to prison for killing someone in a car crash, uh, and he ended up playing professional football again when he came out of prison. Okay, well, Marcus Alonso. Yeah. Um, so now, Luke McCormick as well. Yeah. No, no, because you. Uh, and but so 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 Chris again. So you, like, take that example, and then we'll move on because I don't want to spend. This is a downer. <laughs> I. So, he shouldn't be allowed. Have been allowed to play football again once he came out of prison. Who Lee Hughes? Yeah. Uh, no. Right. I, I almost have more of a problem with that than I do with the position on Mason Greenwood because... But, and I, again, I'm not saying I do have a problem with that. Because I don't know. I haven't come to a conclusion in my own head. But there's a part of me that says, as a society, if you pay your debt to society and go to prison, and then you come out, should you not then be allowed to live your life? Should you... But and I just mean that as a broader point, like people who come who come out of prison, tarnished. Like, is there, not to be, is there not something to be said for showing in football that these people can be reintegrated into society? Okay, okay I'd say there's a difference between Lee Hughes and this. So Lee Hughes, his crime wasn't a safeguarding issue; it was a drunk driving issue and I don't know if he showed any contrition afterwards if he did then yeah maybe I can see a way in if he's got to show the contrition the crime of that makes a group hasn't been found guilty of um involves major safeguarding issues but who are you safeguarding him from because he plays in women yeah but but what in his like he plays in a male football team but Manchester United got female employees. Just to throw yeah. another spanner in the works, if he was a bricklayer, he would go back and lay bricks. Yeah. But again, you, you're talking about a bricklayer and a, and a international footballer. 
My, you are. I mean, can, before you go on it, Chris, women can lay bricks too. I know you stand against this. For, you've all, I know you've always said they can't, but I'm telling you, they can do just as good a job laying bricks as men. I guess no bricklayer has ever used his position as a bricklayer to to uh, to attract women and to become a predator. You've not met my mate Dave. Is he in your WhatsApp group about XG? There's no bricklayers in that. Dave one. is Dave. The, is Dave the most working class name you can think of? Should we move quickly on from this? Yeah. I don't, we haven't okay. Moved quickly on. We haven't moved quickly on from it at all. But there's another part of me that knows that the next question involves Everton Arsenal. So <laughs> you want to stay on this? <laughs> Okay, uh, the Women's 2023 World Cup hosts Australian New Zealand have written to FIFA over the Saudi Tourist Board being named as official sponsor. Uh, they see this as um, sort of in the face of women's rights because women don't really have that in Saudi Arabia and also carries on with their sports washing as well for Saudi Arabia. Um, the Club World Cup has uh, commenced in Morocco. Al-Akhli beat Auckland City 3-0. Uh, the game was unique because it's the first time a referee has explained a VAR decision to a crowd. Adam, are you rolling a cigarette? No. Oh, okay. Yes, it's the first time a referee has explained a VAR decision to the crowd. Are you guys, or would you guys be in favour of this being expanded? No. It was over the PA system. It takes up enough time as it is. I get, I get the idea behind it, but the crowd is still going to be annoyed and are still going to have a different opinion. So they're not going to care what he says. They're going to disagree. They're still going to disagree with it, and are it's just going to waste more time. Are you saying that football football fans, especially those at the ground, but in general, are going to be quite one-eyed? <laughs> Doesn't sound like any football fans I know. <laughs> um, games this There's weekend include. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Chris can obviously tell you, considering tomorrow is the start of the Six Nations, how well it works in rugby. So, did the referees explain things to the crowd there? So there's twofold in rugby. You have the referees are mic'd up the whole time, um, mm. and uh, do they call the microphone sir? Yeah, very respectful to the microphone. <laughs> very. You do not show that microphone any disrespect. Whereas they'll march you back 10 yards. Um, Does the microphone have a massive chip in its shoulder about football? Uh, yeah, but now it's got some younger brothers who are going to do football as well, so it's a little bit okay. it's difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can buy like a thing, like a headset thing in the ground so you can hear the referee the whole time, which admittedly in rugby is a lot more necessary because quite often, and uh, for me about 80% of the time, the fouls are for things that I've got no idea what's happened. Like, <laughs> there was a whole bunch of people, someone did something wrong, and someone's going to kick it. <laughs> and now someone's going to kick it. Um, so you can hear things like that, but also you can hear the conversation that they have. I don't know if this is in the ground, maybe not, but you can hear the conversation they have with the what's called the TMO, so the, the VAR. Oh, yes, you can on the telly. Yeah. Would NFL be a better example? No, because NFL just to have them explaining. Oh, they just explain what the penalty is in NFL. They just say holding ten yard penalty and offense seventy nine. Yeah, there's I no think reason. this is there's what no this reason. was as well. 
So you're not going to hear the conversation between VAR and like the... No, all you're going to hear is the referee saying penalty, red team, shirt pull. Well, it just seems pointless. It comes up on, on the big just screen. screen. Just put it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see the point in that. Yeah, I'm with Nathan. Okay. Um, also, this weekend in the Club World Cup is Wida Casablanca versus Al Hilal. And then Seattle Sanders play Al Ahli. Uh, and the European and South American teams come in next week, the final next Saturday. There's also a third, fourth place playoff for this tournament. Excellent. That's what that's what football needs. More <laughs> unnecessary games. <laughs> uh, Saudi Arabian sports minister has said that he would be open to Russia joining the AFC, um, but no formal approach has been made yet. Obviously, Russia having issues with UEFA and playing in UEFA competitions. Large parts of Russia are in Asia, so there's a school of thought saying they might move to the Asian foundation um, well, that'll win a few more fans won't it that'll what sorry that'll win the Saudi Arabia a few more fans won't it yeah I can kind of see it happening I mean Australia moved didn't they and they're not even in Asia yeah I mean it's it's not unheard of it's just the 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 two particular countries that you just mentioned that are involved in that are exactly popular are they <laughs> Um, and 56-year-old uh, Kazuyoshi Miura has joined second division Portuguese team uh, Oliviense on loan. King Kazu. 56. Hmm? King Kazu. King Kazu, yes. You know your Japanese footballers. No, I know, I know of King Kazu. Everyone knows of King Kazu. That's about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, oh, Shinji Kanga has gone back to... The J League this week. He's played for Manchester United, Adam. Sure. <laughs> uh, right. So let's talk about the Premier League. Uh, Chelsea versus Fulham is playing tonight, as we recall this on Friday. So we won't talk about that. Um, Saturday, twelve thirty. Everton versus Arsenal. Martin Keown derby. Sean Dyche's first game. Um, with Thomas Party is a doubt. Arsenal have won two out of ten. At Goodison Park, um, all, is this a bad time? All of, to... the Everton, all of the Everton players exhausted, just sort of <laughs> being sick on the side of the pitch from their bleep test that he gives them at 10, 10.30 before the game. Yeah. yeah, and then lots of people saying, "Look at Sean Dyche; he's wearing shorts in February." Who doesn't? I love um, imagine like the crowd just like walking into Goodison, and all you can hear is just beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> beep. Is this a bad time, Nathan, for you to be playing Everton because the new manager bounce and Sean Dyche can get his sort of beady teeth into them to get them to defend? There are no bad times to play Everton. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> Just in case we lose, I'm going to say, yeah, absolutely. This is a horrible time to be playing Everton. <laughs> Let's get the excuses in now. Um, don't no, worry, I, you've I, not got Sam Lukaku or Nacho Monreal, don't worry. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, no, on a, on a serious note, um, I think it might be a game too early for Deitch to have had as big an impact as he needs to have on that squad. Uh, so I think I think we might get away with it. the one game too early. <laughs> I think we might sneak in before any change starts happening. What about the lack of party? Are you worried about that? Not now that we signed Jorginho, no. No, okay. no party, no problem. Adam! <laughs> Adam, um, what are you expecting from tomorrow? Defeat. 
Oh, really? You, are you, okay, are you expecting a better performance? No. I, I'm no longer expecting any better performance from Everton ever. No? No. When, when, does, when did Sean Dyche put out teams that put out good performances? Yeah, but Sean, so okay. the one thing you can expect from a Sean Dyche team is they'll be much better organised, if nothing else. Yeah. Question. Are you going to expect a more no, resilient no, 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 no. performance? Plenty of managers who have gone by uh, come to Everton who you would be known for their ability to organise have failed to make us organised. <laughs> you unorganisable? Yeah, we are unorganisable. Um, Ancelotti didn't make us organised. Benitez didn't make us organised. I wouldn't expect them to, to, to do that, though. In a way, in, in, in a way that... Sh- the same yeah, Rafael Benitez? Yep. yep. Okay. There's levels between Benitez and Sean Dyche, definitely. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all aware of those levels. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you expecting more resilient performance? No. What are you expecting? Just defeat. Just what, a meek defeat yeah. or under three goals? I think. I think. The over unders on three. I push it three. You've got. Right, look at that. No hope tomorrow. Is, is Calvert Lewin playing? Do you think? Or does that make a difference? No, it doesn't make a difference. No. Is the only player that would make a positive difference by his presence is Jordan Pickford. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. England number one shirt on for grabs. Sorry, Newcastle fans who love Nick Pope. <laughs> um, so there's, you're just expecting a terrible time. Yeah, I reckon it's worth. Pointing, Is this because I reckon it's worth a five of our own Everton one nil and he won't be to score? That'd be annoying, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I reckon. I reckon. Are, Everton, are you, Everton will be one nil down within fifteen minutes. Are you saying this because uh, you've got no lack of? Are you saying it's because you've got no faith in Daesh yeah. or the club? Yeah. or What is it that Daesh doesn't have? Um, ability. Really? Yeah. He's got a pub there, after him. There you go. Um, he kept Burnley up on... Not... After him. Didn't help him. <laughs> he kept Burnley up for several years with on not very much money. Yeah, and does that none of what he did give no you hope? Real ability and sort of scraped by, and then they just sort of flattered to deceive and just fell out. Uh, I kind of feel that like Burnley just played the odds and got lucky. But that's all you need for this season, isn't it? Yeah, it's a long just, time. I, I'm also not convinced that he. I think he can instill it in 19 games with no players, and I, I think I, act, I actually don't think we'll go down. Which is a no. bold claim, but I think it's very tight and there's lots of bad teams and I think that we'll, we'll scrape something together which will probably be less dramatic and hopefully it will even be less dramatic than having to claw our way back from the jaws of defeat at Crystal Palace like we did uh, last season. But I have zero... I, it, it, I was literally at a case of like, when it was like Benitez or Deitch, we were at a situation where it was like, if it's Benitez, if it's not Benitez or Deitch, sorry, if it's Bielsa or Deitch, um, if it's Bielsa, I'm, I'm all in. I'm like Ross, I'm like a kid at a candy store. This will be great fun. Yep, bring it on. Love it. Um, 
uh, if it's Daesh, I'm out. I don't really care. I don't think I, 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 I don't watch football to win. I watch football to be entertained, and watching Everton is not going to be entertaining. It could be an iron munching. See, you chose well there. Uh, three o'clock, Aston Villa versus Leicester City in the Julian Joachim derby. Um, John McGinn and Luca Digne, remember him? He's fit. Uh, they're both fit again. Fuck you. <laughs> you should say that to Rafa for selling him. I do, I, yeah, I will. If I see him, I will. And the club for selling him and then sacking Benitez 10 days later. Uh, Jamie Vardy and Harry Suter are doubts for City um, Villa have got 16 points from 7 games under Unai Emery sorry that generally makes um, me a bit angry then <laughs> <laughs> uh, City since the World Cup I've got 5 points for, uh, 5 games 1 point sorry uh, and 10 games conceded they've also uh, dropped 19 points from winning positions which is most of the league um, Adam how do you think City will get on they're not playing on on Saturday. <laughs> we, we, another one of our, Did I get too obvious? Classic bits, Nathan. <laughs> Did I make it too obvious by saying it so many times? <laughs> I picked up on it the first time. It annoyed me immediately, and I thought, no, I'll let it go. And then you decided to literally poke the bear. <laughs> Oh, if that won't even come to you first, Nathan, how do you think Leicester are going to get on? <laughs> um, uh, I think they'll roll in. I think the, I think Emery has gotten got going, and Leicester are just a bit of a, a bit of a mess at the moment. Uh, although I do like the signing of Harry Suter. Yeah, I stoke fan of following yeah, Twitter. I just think he's a, a really good, really good centre half. You know, proper defender. And I've just signed him on FIFA and he's brilliant. So, yeah. I'm a big fan of Harry Suter, but Villa win. I'm really confused yeah. by this to the, the Yuri Silliman situation still because he's a goner. Yeah, why is he there? He's a goner. He's going to go. Like, he's, yeah. he won't sign a contract. How much money? Like, surely... Um, I, I, you'd think, maybe the signing changes it, but yeah, I, I, it seemed nailed on that he was going to be an Arsenal player. Maybe he still will be. Maybe... Jorginho, if he couldn't show anything, will change that. But I don't. Well, see. the owner has wiped out 194 million pounds worth of debt this week, isn't he, the Leicester owner? So maybe they don't need to sell him. Then you don't need to sell him, but it's the idea of whatever you could have sold him for in January, or considering you would didn't sell him in the summer, um, is is. 19 Premier League games of Yuri Tillemans worth £20 million. Could be if he keeps Leicester up. Mm. That's the only argument I can see for it. That is genuinely the only argument I can see for it. Because like you said, if it is genuinely, it's done and dusted, he's definitely not signing, 100% going. As a club, at the start of January, you would try and get him out the door as early as possible and then reinvest the money in someone else. That that would just make sense if, if if he's definitely on the chopping board, definitely not signing that contract. Get him out early, reinvest the money, or keep him and you stay up. 
Um, Brentford versus Southampton, three o'clock. The Stephen Jenkins derby. Brentford and beaten in eight in the Premier League. Um, Brentford's shot conversion rate is 15.9%, which is the highest in the Premier League. So, mathematician Adam, does that mean they are really good at shooting or they don't have many shots, but they are good at them? What? That's the same question, isn't it? So no, you can have loads. The question is, well, no, because if they were really good at shooting and had loads of shots, they'd score loads of goals. But what you're saying is they score quite a few goals considering how few shots they have. So the question is, are they really lucky or are they really good at shooting? That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Uh, I would say they, they struck a little bit like we were talking about Burnley under Dijs earlier in a different way and a bit more exciting. I kind of see but Brentford as a little bit of a, a candidate, a, a regression candidate as someone who I think they're more lucky than they are talented. And I think that... They could st- they'll stay up again this season, and but I will constantly wait for the doors to fall off and for them the wheels to fall off. Sorry, and for them to and the doors. Why not? It's in Brentford. The whole, the whole thing. They take the do- they take um, the doors and then they'll steal the wheels. We've all been to Brentford. <laughs> uh, Nathan Southampton have conceded fifty goals in twenty six league games. That's not very good, is it? Uh, as a Birmingham, I'd say that's not very good. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably uh, being polite. <laughs> uh, just, just going back to the to the, to the Brentford thing and, and something we mentioned about Dyche before. Do you not think that there's some clubs and managers that just fit really well, and then it all falls apart for both parties? So my my classic example when I ask this question is Tony Pulis and Stoke. Like it shouldn't have worked, but it did. And then as soon as it, as soon as it, you know, as soon as they them two divorced, both of them seem to just drop off a cliff. You know, is this the yeah. same with Thomas Frank and Brentford, Dyche and Burnley? Are we seeing something similar? Sam Allardyce and Bolt Wanderers. I don't think that the the Pulis one especially, I don't think is the same. Because I think that the Pulis one was a situation where Stoke fans got ideas above their station and decided that they wanted more expansive, different brand of football because they saw themselves as being an established Premier League club and it was very much a case of be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I don't. I don't and, think any of that fell apart after Pulis left. Not like the Deitch situation fell apart while he whilst he was there. Yeah, no, I think I think all the situations that I just mentioned though are all different and unique in their own way. I'm just wondering, you know, is it the same with Thomas Frank and Brentford? And you know, is Deitch going to be as good at Everton because they have the different, like you say, is there a style thing going on there or? A bit like Eddie Howe at Newcastle, you know, Eddie Howe and Bournemouth just seemed to, you know, work. Everything came together and... Until, until they didn't. Until they didn't, yeah, exactly. And now, Eddie, so then Eddie Howe gets a job at uh, in, in Speech Marks, a big club, and you think, oh, is he is he going to do it? And and at the moment, he is doing it. We're seeing that Eddie Howe isn't just a good manager at Bournemouth. Eddie Howe is a good manager. Hmm. Um. Which and is only mildly depressing because he literally wanted the Everton job when we gave it to Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Uh, uh, but Brian, yeah, go, Brian, going back to Southampton, mate. Yeah, that's yeah, terrible. terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brighton versus Bournemouth, three o'clock in the Glen Murray derby. Alexis McAllister is suspended. That'd be a big loss for them. Um, the last twelve 
league matchups between these two teams. Bournemouth have won seven, drawn four, and lost one. Um, but Bournemouth's away form currently is terrible. They've lost their last five. Considering that we used to make fun in the group before about how Sky used to build up the idea of Plymouth versus Portsmouth being a derby and it being the dockyard derby. Why isn't there some sort of like retirement home summer derby name for this one? There needs to be something. We can, <laughs> there's a market here and we can come up with one for this sort of, this South Coast derby. This is, it's closer than Plymouth and Portsmouth. El Jurassic Coast, though? But that's only really, the Jurassic Coast doesn't go as, that's more Dorset than it is Sussex. Oh, okay. Does Bournemouth have a pier? El- the pier derby? Does Bournemouth they do. I've been on it. Okay, well, Brighton has a pier. It is the yeah. It's the pier, are yeah. The South Pier, El Piero. El Piero. El Piero. That's it. There's the winner. <laughs> We're all in for that. Um, has got six goals in ten games for Brighton. Um, it seems quite Brighton in this result, doesn't it? Yeah. Given that they're at home as well. Yeah, you have to say Brighton. Indeed. Yeah, you're nodding your head as well, Adam. Uh, I said indeed. I, I realised it's. I, I was nodding, and then I realised it was an audio format. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Manchester United versus Crystal Palace, um, three o'clock in the Fraser Campbell derby. Uh, Wilfred Sar. <laughs> Fraser Campbell. <laughs> I love. I love it. Ooh. Is that because, uh, because Wilf- Wilfred Zaha and Wambasaka play for the team, so you're not? They're not allowed. Too, too, too recent. recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That was the rule. Ideally, the rule. Ideally, the, ideally, you want them retired, don't you? Yeah, ideally, yeah. Two thousand and ten is probably about the latest I like going to. Fraser Campbell must be close to that. Do you reckon he's retired yet? Steve Copperberry. I just reckon it's close. Yeah. Fraser Campbell. Oh, it says isn't English footballer. Oh. Uh, oh. No, he was at Huddersfield until last season. He's 35. One England cap. Yeah, but everyone got round and round about the same time he did, didn't they? Yeah, him and... They were getting happy that sweet. He played in the same game as David Nugent. Yeah. I saw the other day, Harry Winks has got 10 England caps. Who's on loan? Is it Oliver Skip or Harry Winks? Let me just take this one out. Same player, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. it. it's, it's Harry Winks. I thought Harry Brink- Ten I England thought, caps in one goal. I thought Oliver Skip was just a rebrand of Harry Winks. <laughs> Region. <laughs> yeah, um, ten England caps in one goal. Yeah. Harry Winks. That surprised me. This is just a, just Chris's fact for the day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so Wilfred Zaha is injured. Um, without Wilfred Zaha. Uh, Crystal Palace have lost 21 out of 29 league fixtures. I didn't um, think that number was going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Palace got two points out of their last 12 available. That is also not good. Um, but Manchester United have dropped five points out of their last two games. I'm just hoping for a Sam Miller-Conga hat-trick, to be honest. A who? Sam Miller-Conga. He's the lad that Arsenal just uh, loaned to Crystal Palace. Can't invent oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do when we run out until we sign people like Jorginho, which make them up. 
Utah. You can't make stuff up. <laughs> Manchester, um, Manchester United are going to win this, Chris, easily, is the answer to your question. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Nathan? Yeah. I don't want to admit that, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, Wolves versus Liverpool, three o'clock in the Paul Insuinci Spider Derby. Um, Ibrahim Canate and Virgil van Dijk are out. Now, Craig Dawson uh, could be the first Premier League player to play for more than three clubs who got a W in their name. Will that have any bearing on the result? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Whoa. Will that have any bearing on the result? Ian Walker not managed to play for three Premier League clubs. With a, w. with a W. His name's Walker. The, the clubs have a W. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right. That makes more sense. Three Premier League clubs. So West Brom, Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, let me just find his Wikipedia. Bolton. But Wanderers. That's a fucking W. <laughs> doesn't begin with W. It begins with a B. Oh, begins... Uh... This is getting even more niche the more you have to explain it. <laughs> so West Brom, West Ham, Wolves. West Brom, Watford, Watford, West Ham. I mean, and now Wolves that now. the fact that I can name four Premier League clubs that begin with W, this is much less impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dawson, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> fucking waste of space. <laughs> it's, because uh, a, can... it's because there's a double U in Dawson. That's what confused me. Oh, okay. That's where I was lost for a long time. Oh, I feel like we're I sent you up the Dawson area. Creek without a paddle. <laughs> we're going to cut that bit out. Uh, Liverpool, Liverpool can... No, that's a good statistic. I don't, I don't think it is. I think mine was better. It's not, it's not, it's not the listener's fault you can't understand. Can we talk about amortisation again, please? <laughs> What's 15% of 100? Um, Liverpool conceded 25 goals so far this season. They only conceded 26 in the whole of last season. So, Adam, can you get behind... 15 is 15%. 15. Oh, it was 8%, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was... Adam, do you want to dunk on Liverpool for a bit? Yes. Oh. Right, here we go. Back in the room. First it was amortisation, and now I get to talk about Liverpool being shit. <laughs> <laughs> Today is gonna be a good day. Um, yeah, Liverpool shit, aren't they? They are. Yeah. I, it's not going this, well for them. This strikes me as the kind of game that they would struggle with, even at their best of times. They, this feels like the kind of game where they'd score a ninety-sixth minute winner. Season, season last season, I think it was. They relied on a ninety-fifth minute Divokarigi winner. <laughs> Divokarigi's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah, These I genuinely think we'd really have. would have got you. I genuinely think we'd have about four more points if he was here this season. Do you? Yeah, that's not beyond what he's done in the past, is it? Yeah, and Nunes has offered you nothing. Yes. Waste of space. Uh, yeah, she won't listen. Waste of Uruguayan space. I was going to say <laughs> it was unnecessary for you to to really bring it down to the fact that he was Uruguayan, which is why I was a waste of space. But... I definitely won't clip that and send it to Jesse later. Um, miss, miss, <laughs> Miss Loesch. <laughs> Got an apple for yeah. you. Look what that nasty Christopher said. Yeah. She is a good teacher as well, so. Those, okay. those days haven't gone. She's still got that in her. 
You said that she was a fucking kindergarten teacher. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> Don't try and make it weird. Just because now he's being dumb. No, I, was, I thought you were making it grubby. Yeah, I know you did. No, no, no. I'm, I'm by that. In fact, ironically, you were the one making it grubby. <laughs> Come on, let's dunk on Liverpool. Have, um, what did they? What are they going to do well in this game? Like, I don't know. Really, understand where it's going wrong. It just sort of seems to be a little <laughs> bit like the point that 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 Nath was making earlier about the managers. It kind of feels a little bit. Like Klopp has kind of lost, not not lost it in terms of like lost, but it, I said a long time ago where I hoped when you started the season badly, I was like, please let this be like the Dortmund season when it all fell apart. And does it? It feels that could could it be? I don't understand how this team played every single game last season possible. Um, and within a space of eight weeks over the summer, turned into what they've become. I mean, there seems to be a lot of a lot of shade being thrown at specifically at the midfield. Yeah, yeah. Which I find, like you say, odd because twelve months ago, eighteen months ago, Fabinho was considered yeah. one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. Am I right in thinking? Didn't even did he go to the World Cup? I don't think he did. If he did, he didn't play. I'm not convinced he even went. But if he, yeah, like you said, he didn't play. So Jordan Henderson played well at the World Cup and was one of it, one mm. of England's better players. So if anything, my my opinion of Jordan Henderson's gone up in the last six months. Thiago hasn't become a bad player overnight. Oxford Chamberlain's come back. Harry Elliott has developed. Where has this? Dunking on Liverpool's midfield as being terrible come from. I don't. It is really, it is really bizarre, and the defense haven't been great either. Trent Alexander Arnold doesn't realise he's got a goal to defend. Uh, fullbacks don't defend in modern football anymore. They really. They can pretend to. They can pretend. To. Or make it you'd, make it look feel, like they're you'd trying. Feel, you'd feel better if they tried. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, has. I don't want to be on the same... Have they been... I don't want to say found out. I don't think they've been found out. Have they been... Is it, again, just regression? But it does feel that sort of like they were a team that, for all of the talent that they had everywhere else on the field, played very well very well through their fullbacks. And those, those are delivered... Those are shown in the sort of eye-watering sort of assist sets that both Robinson and Trent Alexander-Arnold had concurrently as well. So they there wasn't even like a situation where at where like if you take Martinez's Everton, which was a um, an earlier team I can think of that played a lot through the fullbacks, but the sort of assist providing was much more on the side of Leighton Baines than it was on on Seamus Coleman, they're both equally providing and producing ridiculous numbers. It feels like those numbers have dried up. It does. And for a team that are so well drilled previously, you think about how they pressed, um, is what Liverpool were famous for under Klopp. It's all disappeared this season. Within a matter of weeks from last season. And I don't understand it. Sorry, Nathan. I'm going to word in. 
and I might be mm. very wrong. I have not seen much of Liverpool this season. I'll be honest. I, I, I haven't either. <laughs> passed me by a little bit, but no, no one wants to have to listen to Steve McManaman that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. No, <laughs> but is it a similar situation with what Man City have done with bringing Highland in, and Liverpool have brought in Nunes to bring in a focal point? I am going to say it's not the same because. Uh, the 25, One's 26 good. goals that Haaland has scored. Yeah, bear, bear with me, bear with me. Stick, one, stick with me. one of these things is not like the other. Stick, stick, stick with me, stay with me. Stay with me, right. So they've shifted the focus from Salah and Mane and come more central and it's just not worked. I mean, Man City have done the same, but the difference is that Man City signed cheat code Erling Haaland who's, as you just rightly pointed out, scored his 25, 26 goals. But they have... They have there has been rumblings from Man City fans saying that because Haaland had come in, it has damaged the, the team cohesion. So, so, so you take... Right, you take those, ha- those fans can fuck right off. <laughs> Jonathan Wilson yeah. literally wrote an article on this the other week, but Adam. What? Said, oh, woe is me. I forgot Erling Haaland. And he's, I'm going to read that article and I'm going to get even more angry. <laughs> this, this is gonna be, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do after this podcast. I'm going to edit it and then I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to go to bed angry. <laughs> I, I, I see a little bit of that in what you say, Nathan, but I don't quite get it because... Neil Mope up front and these people are complaining. No, they're not. It's not a complaint. Obviously, oh. it's just that it sounds like you're saying they're moaning. It's a shift of it's a shift of style that doesn't seem to be as effective as what the previous style was. But that doesn't explain the poor defensive performances or the the fact that the midfield is is dropping off. What's strange about the poor defensive performances is well, it does. It, no, that's not true, Chris. It does explain that because. As as they've alluded to there, I don't know if they press in the same way without Mane and. I was going to say yeah, it will it will have an impact throughout the whole team in how they do the the jobs coming forward and defending. It changes the shape, the patterns, the flow of of where the the ball's going to. So it it changes the whole dynamic of getting the ball up to the front players. What I think is odd about the defensive, the lack of defensive cohesion, is that. We are used to Liverpool's defensive abilities dropping off when they are without Van Dijk, as evidenced by um, uh, that act of charity performed by Jordan Pickford. Um, <laughs> not, but he's not there now. But he's not not been there. All, like a lot of this has happened on Van Dijk's watch still. Yeah. 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 I. Something that's just occurred to me, literally, uh, so this is almost a thought that I'm having sort of with the zero filter between brain and mouth, but I have always been a naysayer on Mo Salah, as I think that he's a very individualistic player. I don't think he plays for the team as much as he should do. I think he's very selfish and greedy, and I think that perhaps the... I think that that is a problem that's got worse and worse over time from the first season he joined, where I think that he exceeded expectations for a player who they bought from Roma for only £35 million. And he was immediately sort of like a Premier League superstar. And then he's carried that on as evidenced by this. Was it a stat you gave about how many goals he was going to score or something or break a record or? Did I make that up? Did you not say that earlier about. Okay. Um... <laughs> 
don't know where I heard that, Chris, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but I wonder whether sort of like you get rid of Mane and it's even more a sort of enforcement of like, I'm the man, like, yep. it, this is this is me, this is my yeah. show, this is my team. And I guess at the same time, his legs are catching up with him as well. Plus, yeah. as well, you've yeah, not got you've got another you've not got another player on the opposite side of the pitch who is matching Salah's numbers. So therefore, maybe the focus of defenses isn't split as much. You look at Liverpool and go, right, take more Salah out of the game straight away, rather than maybe it's, have to deal with Salah and Mane. Now that's maybe a bit disrespectful to the Liverpool players who have come in. To, to step up where Manny is, is that might be a little bit disrespectful but surely first thought this season is get rid of Manny let's see what these guys are about and I think maybe yeah. that adds into the earlier point I made about the fullbacks as in maybe it's a case of sort of like the four plus one of whoever the other player is whether that's um, Louise whether it was Firmino, whether it's now Nunes, whether you can, whether there's now less of a problem where it's like literally where you're like, fuck, there's five of them. There's the three front players, there's the two fullbacks. How do we defend this? And now you're like, well, there's there's three of them we really need to worry about and there's other two that we need to keep mm-hmm. an eye on. But <clears throat> Yeah, possibly. Uh, right, we spent far too long talking about this. We'll have to move on and... Um, no, Newcastle versus. <laughs> don't worry, we'll be dunking on Liverpool plenty more times before May. You, you don't think this is over? You think I've got more opportunities? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Newcastle versus West Ham, half past five in the lead. Bowyer derby. Uh, Grimresh is suspended. Alexander Isak is possibly out with concussion. New signing Danny Ings is possibly out for West Ham as well. Um, Newcastle are unbeaten in 15. They've won nine, drawn six. Um, but only one goal in the last four. I'm Danny Ings, like turning up. <laughs> <laughs> um, West Ham lost 16 out of the last 24 away games. Um, and after they're getting 1,500th uh, top flight win against Everton, they're now looking for their 1,500th top flight loss. Something to aim for. Symmetry. Yeah. Yeah. Palindromes. Not quite a palindrome, but you're just saying words now. That's a shape, That's a shape isn't it? I know. No. <laughs> okay, right, okay. <laughs> isn't it weird that palindrome isn't a palindrome? Surely you should make that word a palindrome. Yes, yes. like an onomatopoeia. Like onomatopoeia. Yeah. 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 Someone's written a book. It's not me. <laughs> He knows all about words. <laughs> <laughs> I can do words, me. I um, cannot wait until I find my first typo. Is this Geordie uh, wagon going to march on? <laughs> why is it, I can't why, think of... Can think of any vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> Juggernaut, that's it. Train going to keep on rolling. <laughs> Bicycle. I actually think wagons are the uh, appropriate vehicle because Newcastle yeah. are not exactly entertaining, are they? They're just uh, very, there's something very German about them. They're just winning. Just ruthlessly yeah, efficient. Just, there's nothing about them whatsoever. In fact, that's harsh on Germany, very harsh. There's nothing about Newcastle that impresses me. 
Apart from all the points and the winning. Yeah, it, yeah. that annoys me, doesn't it impress me? <laughs> <laughs> um, they are going to be about Bruno. Yeah, yeah. I just told you that. Yeah, well, I wasn't listening, was I? Um, and another star, I've just looked this one up because I know I didn't hear this from you. Um, so, I mean, the problem is that one, Danny Ings is injured, which is obviously huge. Massive ball. But they weren't going to score anyway because Nick Pope is going to is in contention to become the first English goalkeeper to keep seven consecutive Premier League clean sheets. Okay. Who's the first? Be Nick Pope. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Become the... I can't work out if I can't work out if you're on a wind up or being sick. <laughs> and it could be both. Little column A, little column B. You could think you're on a wind up, but be being sick at the same time. <laughs> it's uh, most definitely that. Um, Sunday then, Forest versus Leeds, the Alpha Inga Harland derby. Uh, Rodrigo's out for two months for Lees. Um, Weston McKenney uh, and Giorgio Rutter could make their debut. Forest have lost twice, uh, just twice in the last Premier League games. Um, Leeds' last 16 Premier League games, they won two, drawn five, lost nine. Um, Forest look like they, if they sort of carry on, they can sort of stay afloat, don't they? He seems to be starting to get all the pieces together, doesn't he? He's got enough pieces to get together. Well, yeah, yeah. That was always going to be the problem, weren't it? It's can I can I get a team together out of all these pieces? Mm. Uh, but he, he seems to be finally working out which pieces he needs to stay up. I personally yeah. think this one will be a draw. Hold on. I've got a draw. He's going to be a draw, one. sorry. Yeah. Okay. Adam? Um... I just want good things for Leeds, always. I want good things for Forest and Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't mind Forest. I, I think they look good without with their shirt without a sponsor, but isn't that changing now? Cool. I, imagine I don't know, yeah. I'm not sure. Well, they're the first team I saw live, so... And I remember Cluffy. I've got I, mean, I remember. I remember Cluffy. Do you? Yeah, well, yeah, but I don't remember them him being there. But that's not what you said. Uh, oh, I remember Cliff being their manager. Yeah, well, but the amount of times you'll say to me when I say I don't remember that, and you'll be like, "Ah, oh, but you know how Adolf Hitler is." So you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, but I have to live that. Okay, so. <laughs> I've not heard of that before my time. Well, you've heard of a famous Austrian war leader. Yeah, that's your. That is your stat, so yeah. 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 Godwin's law. <laughs> uh, okay, Spurs versus Manchester City. Half past four in the Paul Walsh derby. <clears throat> Pedro Porro could make his debut. Um, Richarlison is back. Richarlison, I don't remember him. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil Foden is possibly back for Manchester City. Um, City... At the new Spurs stadium, they lost all four games they've played. So it's not a happy hunting ground for them. Uh, Spurs have lost all five league games against teams above them in the table this season. Uh, although City haven't won three consecutive league games all season. Antonio Conte is not going to be there. Did you say that? I wasn't listening again. 
I didn't say that at all. Well, there you go. You I didn't even mention Antonio Conte. Well, Antonio Conte's not going to be there. Why not? Because he um, had his gallbladder removed. Did he? Did he? Okay. okay. All, all of this shit that you research about games and shit. <laughs> and you miss Antonio Conte having relatively major surgery this week. When did that happen? Like, Wednesday? I mean, in my defence, it's something to do with Tottenham, so I don't care. And I've, I've been able to pick up that you didn't mention that while I was looking up. Getting more and more angry about the prospect of this fucking Jonathan Wilson article. So there's an article here about, there's an article here about, how, about how Erling Haaland has scored 25 goals in 19 Premier League games. So I decided to look it up. And I mm-hmm. think, hold on, let me recount. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Erling Fraudland. Only 14 Everton players have scored more than 25 Premier League goals for the club ever. <laughs> <laughs> what was Dixie Dean's most in a season? Uh, that's part of this article. Um, okay. okay. I'm going to say 65. 60 league goals, but um, even though he missed three of them. But in 39 games. Yeah, but they're all shit back then, weren't yeah. they? <laughs> it's all black and white. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, guys, what do you reckon to this game? Um, Lads at Spurs, right? Oh, God, I can't say Spurs, can I? Really? No, no, no. I wasn't saying, I was meaning it as in like Lads, it's Tottenham. Yeah, true. true. Yeah, it's got like Spurs that. doing a Spursy all over it. 2 0 up, 4 2 down. <laughs> Just, I love this sort of idea of Arsenal fans referring to Spurs being Spursy, even though Arsenal in the last for the last 10 years have had the biggest habit of being Arsenal at the same time. And still won trophies. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the FA Cup. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the prime cup in, in the country, yeah. Yeah. It's not the League Cup, it's the FA Cup. You know, it's, the, <laughs> it's the one that we do care about, not the one that we don't care about. <laughs> Adam, you used to live next door to Arsenal. You should be a bit more positive towards them, this. What, for the traffic problems they caused me? <laughs> Twice. Okay. Twice in a month. Um, uh, well, I don't know why we're talking about Arsenal. Uh, I think Man City will win. Okay. Uh, he, uh, right. Yeah. And Erling Haaland will extend his record and become and become. Well, if he scores three, if he scores another hat trick, he'll be level with Tony Cotty for number of Premier League goals score if he'd scored them for Everton, and would then be twelfth on our all-time list. Good player, Tony Cotty. Yeah. Good player. Yeah, yeah, but Tony Cotty wouldn't have done it. And didn't do that in twenty games. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he had twenty years to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Um. That brings to the end of our Premier League roundup. End of our podcast. Any other business? Anybody? Just to say that Arsenal's third striker on loan is currently outscoring Mbappe and Messi and Neymar in the Liga One. Who's that? <laughs> Who's that? If he was playing in Chile, Chris would have been able to tell you all about that. <laughs> It's uh, for... Does, has he ever played for in Samoa? Um, I'm going to yeah. say no, but that's uh, without then, checking. Then, then, then Chris doesn't care. 
<laughs> it's uh, Florian Belugon. Florian Maluda? Belugon. I'm all oh, from Belugon. the North. Okay. <laughs> I, I would like to say that. That Arsenal weren't stupid enough to have their fingers burnt by buying a, a player from Chelsea who's up past it and over the hill, but they might have done just that again this season and they've already had their fingers burnt more than once. <laughs> to be fair, Chelsea probably always say, want to me out. Yeah. Just That's to say with uh, Oceania... Just to say with Oceania footballers, um, the Solomon Islands had their saying. first European... No one was saying... <laughs> The first European-based Solomon Island player happened this week because he signed for uh, Velez Mostar in Bosnia. Wow, that's as niche as it gets. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his name. Manu Tulangi. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember his name. Is that racist? Um, that feels racist. I don't think it is, is it? It's all down there. Yeah. No one listens. We're an hour and 27 minutes in. No one's listening to this bit. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's been shot off the mess. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're Man of the Post, part of the Man of the Post network. So with any luck, um, Ali and Simon, Dave and Carl will be back on Monday to review the games that we've been previewing. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Man of the Post. You can give us a like on Facebook as well. Um, if you like what you hear, you can rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, you can subscribe and all your future episodes walk automatically into your inbox. Um, Nathan, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? I am at FMCM underscore FC. Adam, they can't follow you because David Bedil told you to come off Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but they can listen to uh, the latest episode of the Perfect Ten podcast. Where, they um, can. Ross and I put together um, playlists of acoustic songs this month. This is very good. Better than that bloody Christmas one you did. Yeah, but Ross ruined that by picking some absolutely fucking terrible songs. <laughs> Perfect. Right, guys, thank you ever so much for listening. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs> <laughs>